Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This show is brought to you in association with Labbooks. Just click the link on the description to the show, sign up and get a free bet up to £50 when you enter the promo code LAD50. Go on, do it. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. The podcast with more conviction than the SNP front bench. This week on Heart and Hand, for once, Charles Green doesn't get his hand on Rangers money. So, welcome to Heart and Hand, the uh, Rangers podcast. My name is David Edgar. I am your host, and I'm joined this week by what feels like forever, but uh, it's actually only been a few weeks. Yes, it's Scott Vandenacker. Hello, good evening, and welcome. You know, Scott, the Joni Mitchell, um, foghorning 60s nightmare that, of course, you like because you like dreary hippie birds wailing on. Um, but she once sang, You don't know what you've got till it's gone. She did. Um, but I always suspected that you were a big dick. Well, that's true. So, um, she also sang what can only be, I'm sure, a description of uh, a spit roast, and then she sang I've Seen Love from Both Sides Now. Oh. And, uh, I, yeah, I mean, in the 60s, anything goes, mate. Yeah, I, well, they, they all got up to that back then, didn't they? You had to in those days, though. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not one that judges people on their looks, as you know, Scott, but Joni Mitchell did always look to me like a kind of special kid that had been sort of battered about the head with the back of a Rickenbacker. She was all right looking in the 60s and early 70s. Do you think? And, I thought I felt she, she looked like the saxophone player from the Muppets House Band. Well, harsh. Um, think about it the other way, though. You're a young fella, troubadour, yeah. turn hand, to California, and somebody's willing to do it always for yeah. no apparent reason. <laughs> you would. <laughs> but the thing about your hippie birds, and it's still it's true to this day, that your hippie birds, um, they always, always have fanular areas that you could basically lose a badger in. Yes, I think we're talking David Bellamy's beard. 
Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of which, actually, did you see about that girl that made a loaf out of the yeast from her front bottom? No. Did she by any chance live in Shoreditch? Uh, somewhere around about that. Right, see what you're imagining right now. Go and look this up, by the way, folks. I'm not making this up. Uh, right. She she decided she would do it. And yes, she looks exactly like you are all picturing right now what she looked like. And she said she did. She wrote this blog about it. It was appalling, as you can imagine. And basically, she took the yeast from her um, sort of front Scott Brown area and used a... I can't think of another word for it, a dildo Scott, as the as the young folk would, would have it. She used that to, I don't know, give herself a good mashing, and then she took the sort of spendings from it and baked it through a loaf and has become a bit of an internet sensation. And you just think to yourself, back in the day, the what you know, what we would have been allowed to do would be to dunk her. And either yes. way, justice would have been served back in by your old laws and it just makes you think that maybe you know has progress really helped well, I think there's two things first of all it gives a whole new twist to the great British wank off mm-hmm. sorry take off um, and secondly why can't we put her to death I, just, I don't get it what is the bylaw I just thought her parents must be so be so pleased but then I thought they're probably like she's probably Joni Mitchell's yeah you know? The spendings of a hippie. Exactly. Anyway, uh, enough of this nonsense. We're back and we're going to talk football. And we're going to talk a little bit, for the first time in a season probably, um, about how we are maybe seem to be struggling slightly. We drew at the weekend 1-1 away to Livingston. It was not a very good result and it was certainly not a very good performance. And the last few weeks... It would be childish to suggest any we praise them when they do well, and I think it's only fair then to criticise when things aren't going so well, constructively. But um, we seem to have lost the zip that we had early season, and whereas before our passing game was stretching teams, getting behind them a lot, we now are almost continually passing in front of them and struggling to create many clear-cut opportunities. Scott, what do you think has caused this, and uh, what can be done to remedy it? Well, the first thing is, as you know, that from our experience with Cammy Bell, yes. Livingston's a long way away. Yep. So there's the flights, the time zones. You know, it's a difficult place to go bumpy pitches. Um, I think it's near Kazakhstan, so it's a tough away game. It certainly looks like Kazakhstan. Yeah. Uh, has it, well, it's probably Kazakhstan's probably a bit richer. Yeah, true. Ahead of Capita. But, so, no, I think the three probably most upsetting aspects about the weekend were, number one... It's not the first time, as you said. It's been going this way. Ironically, the best we've played for a long time was when we get beat by Hibs. Yeah, that's a good point. That, that was one of these games where we should have pumped them. We really were all over them. Apart from that, we've not been good since September. Secondly, Livingston are appalling. It wasn't to one of the top teams around us. It was a really bad point to drop. They're not good, Libby. And thirdly, a lot of the, the points that we've picked out in the pod and other people have been picking out and talking... It was the same sort of things, and that's what I think is fans are starting to get a little bit perturbed about. Mm. Is that it's the same feelings, and to go through it, give you the short. You know yourself, David. Um, we miss far too many chances. We do. We're not clinical. Not at all. The white players do not get on the ball enough in terms of scoring opportunities, and I think we talked about this a few weeks back. The stats for goals from the likes of Aird, Mackay, Odua, um, you know, uh, Clark are terrible. Really, anybody who's not called Waghorn 
has hardly scored a goal this season. Um, basically, Luckily, we don't take pot shots. Yeah, we don't we don't shoot enough. No, um, Waghorn uh, Tavernier until I lesser degree Wallace, and that's pretty much it. Hope starting to weigh in with a few. Yeah. To just pick at a point that you mentioned there. I'd, I'd said before, you know, we didn't make many chances, and then I said on the other hand, well, you know, we're not clinical, we miss chances. Yet that's part of the the same issue. When we were playing well, we were making lots of chances and not scoring as many as we should. We said that week after week, we could have had seven or eight, uh, and we were coming away with threes, fours, sometimes fives, but we could have had double that in each of those games because we were making so many chances. The problem is that when you stop making as many chances but you maintain the same percentage conversion ratio, mm. you're going to struggle. So what's happened is, is from making 15, 20 shots a match and scoring three or four, we're now making six or seven, scoring one or none. And when you've only got one goal... Yeah, that that's going to leave you open. Because we don't have a great defence and there's no point pretending that we have a great defence and nothing's going to come of it now that John Eustace Steele has finally uh, gone the way of the Betamax and uh, no longer seems to be seems to be happening. Now, it's it's a tough one because I do think that the manager's done a remarkable job and it would be childish to say anything other than that and I'm not I'm not gonna do that. It would be really, really reactionary to, to say anything. I'll leave the reactionary stuff to you. You can why you're famous for it. But I think that the limitations of the squad, which he did have to build very quickly, he had four weeks between taking over the club uh, from the, the day after or the week after the Motherwell defeat to our first match and in that time he assembled a squad from scratch did brilliantly and it, it's come through to now and now you're beginning to see the limitations of it so what we then need to do is get a couple of players in in January I think that's fairly obvious but we do need I think to it's great the approach that we've got but I'm not a big fan of the great line of What's plan B? It's plan A better. That sounds great, but aye, very good. Um, I think that now the manager does need to look at that teams now have figured out that when you're playing us, if we're at our best, we'll probably give them a scudding. But if we're not at our best, they can compete and get something from the match. Now that takes away the fear factor that we'd built up and it, it gives teams the confidence to play against us, which makes it a bit more difficult than it would have been beforehand. So we may need to look at changing stuff around for certain matches. Livingston were always going to play that way, put in a hard shift against us, closed in space, keep it tight, it's a small pitch, and that's exactly what we did. And we just kept on doing what we've been doing every week, as you say, since the end of September, to less and less effect. Now, if nothing's going to change in terms of personnel, which it can't because we have a limited squad, we do have to look at other ways of maximising what we have at our disposal. Yes. Um, no, I'm not just going to stop by saying yes. That would be a shit pod, wouldn't it? It would be kind of dull. Yes. I know you've been away for a couple of weeks, but for fuck's sake, you've got eight, you know, 140 of these before. You should know what to do. I know. So, I think that some things the manager can't do. And let, let, let's look at those first, OK? Defence keep making individual mistakes. Now, you can try and drill them more. And I know there's still a partnership. Well, there's three of them, and they're trying to find two out of the three to work together. But since the season almost began... Almost every week somebody's made a shit error. And I'm not sure how much the manager can do about about that, if that's the kind of defenders we've got. Secondly, Andy Halliday, who had a really good start to the season, is not playing that well. And again, as you see, there's nobody, there's nobody to replace him. There's simply not really anybody in the squad who can play a bit further back in midfield. So he has to play every week. And we're not scoring nearly enough chances. 
Again, that's not the manager's fault. So the things that are out with his control, like individual problems, things that he can do, as, you, as we're, we're hinting at, is he could probably try a little bit of tactical flexibility and just think about it when teams are, have everyone behind the ball. Um, our wingers are very, very wide. They hug the touchline. Maybe that's something that could be looked at because we don't score that many from crosses. No. And why can't, And there might be another way to utilise the width. Um, maybe create room for the fullbacks, but maybe the wingers could tuck in a bit. Maybe like when Mackay's attacking, maybe Oduwa could come over as a second attacker. Maybe he could be more central. I think hugging the touchline is something we could maybe look at. Um, maybe an extra body in midfield for four four two. I know it's not a popular uh, shape these days, but maybe an extra man in midfield might help. Um, if no one is tactically good enough to play the role that he wanted John Eustace to do, maybe an extra body, maybe two people doing it. Mm. Um, maybe can track the runners better, or you know cover the space. And little things like the defence. I personally, when the fullbacks push on, I wouldn't have the centre half split. 20 yards apart I don't think that's a good idea and I think you mentioned that actually in one of the points recently um, but I would have one attacking one and one sort of sweeping up behind mm. much closer to each other because the space between them you can drive a bus through and I don't think Wilson or Kieran are fast enough for a foot race if someone gets through that gap they're not going to catch them no the, the pace that we have at the back comes from the, the two full backs and you're right when they're going forward then that, that does leave us a wee bit exposed at the back I think that in terms of what we can do, as you say, we, we need to look at, at shape and, and there are times where you think we could easily sacrifice one of the wingers to put somebody in midfield with Halliday. Yep. Um, and I think that, that it's looked like that quite a few times. I mean, you can even go to three at the back if you want, but I do think that there are days we need somebody else in there to win the scrap. Uh, and also, I think sometimes we need to be able to mix it up a bit more. The corners have become... I think a source of frustration for a lot of people because the manager has this belief that well you know you very you can, you can give away possession and there's a chance you're gonna uh, if you do that big chucking it in we don't have a lot of players who are great in the air so the chances are they'll come away with the ball yeah okay uh, if we're playing a, a team that's better than us on paper if you like fair enough but with all due respect Livingston we can take the risk of giving the ball away we yes. should be able to get it back so. And I wouldn't even mind it, but we're taking these corners and we're not scoring anyway, so let's try something different. Uh, the last game at Ibrox, I noticed that the teams were setting up for it all the time because he knew what was coming. Whereas if we mix it up, say one and three's going into the box mm. even, then they can't set so solidly knowing that this is what's going to happen, this is what's coming into the box. And I think that would be a massive help. I think, fun enough, I was just about to say that... Um it's not just the short corners, it's the fact that because teams know it's happening, they're pressing to such an extent that the ball usually ends up on the halfway line. Mm. It's not like we, we take a short corner to the edge of the box. We're about 20 yards back from that. Oh, the amount of times that we're taking a short yeah. corner and we're ending up on the halfway line, all joking aside, it is happening, and it's happening regularly enough to be a thing of discussion at the games, you know? Yeah. And I don't know why you can't even put I, I, this is maybe me a new perspective you know some things David are big and some things are far away yes I, I believe so I saw a documentary um, about it years yeah. ago where that expo- it was explained it's a difficult concept but Kieran looks like a big lad to me yeah yeah. why could he not jump up there and head the ball yeah you would think guys like Kieran Wilson Ball 
should be able to, to do a bit better in the air. And as I say, just occasionally, if we get the delivery occasionally, right. Occasionally, yeah. One uh, and three, even, yeah. You, you know, you get yeah. the delivery right and you and somebody times a run right, then you've, you've got an opportunity. So, yeah, I mean, I would, I would look to... To, to improve on it now this is not meant to be negative because it's not you know it, it's been ludicrously suggested to the manager at press conferences this week you know it's a bit of a crisis and as he points out we've lost one and drawn one of, of 15 or so matches so it's it's silly to say that but you know we do have a challenge from Hibs Hibs are hanging on in there in terms of getting results and their confidence is obviously up from that win against us a few weeks ago mm-hmm. and it was always going to be this way there was going to be a challenge I still supremely confident that Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're more than good enough to, to get over the line but this is the way it is and the teams are starting to say right okay you blew us all the way early in the season it was a new thing we hadn't seen you now they're settling in and they're making it difficult for us and that's something as well that the manager will be new to where he's now at if you like a big club and it's a big club in this division especially but you're at a big club where against Brentford teams probably couldn't get away with just sitting in um, and making it tough because their fans would go this is only Brentford go and beat them yeah. Whereas at Rangers, you know, Livy can do that, and on Saturday did. Livy could sit ten men behind the ball and go, go, and then, you know, we're, we're yeah. quite happy to just sit here and do this. And that is a difficult challenge if you're not used to it. So that's when we do need to be a wee bit more innovative and say, right, okay, yeah. we need to mix this up and we need to make the yes. most. Now, in ch- bit, sorry, go on. Sorry, the big problem would be a, a purist. The one last thing I'll say about it is, I really admire the way Mark Warburton wants to play football. I think we all do after the absolute. Mess we've watched the last few years, yeah. Yeah. But the problem with this is, now, I don't want to come over EM by egg. Okay. Yeah, you do actually. Well, I do. Yeah. Um. But the horrible phrase, the worst phrase in the world, ticky tacky. <laughs> but if you watch Barcelona or Bayern or teams that play that way, it works under certain circumstances. And I know Mark Warburton wants to do something like that with the high line and the pressing and the passing and. The problem is, the circumstances whereby it works, I don't know if our squad is quite talented enough to do it all the time. I think what you see now is simply, do you remember like Bayern a couple of times in the last couple of years when it comes to spring? Mm-hmm. They slow down a bit and they get pumped in the last semi-final. Yeah, yeah. And you have Barca, just after Pep left at first, and you got managers in who were mates of the player, like Messi's mate. Yeah, Tata. Who told him to just take it easy. And see, when the pace and the intensity drops, it's such an easy system to defend against. It well, really uh, is just pointless. I think yeah, uh, we're recording this on the Thursday night, and Manchester United last night, I think, have sometimes got about the same problem, that they can pass it and pass it and pass it and pass it and have loads of possession, and their, their pass completion stats are massive, but they're not troubling the opposition because they're not doing it in the right areas. They're certainly not doing it at pace. And I was struck watching Manchester United when they were playing against PSV, that it was sort of um, redolent of us when it's not going our way and obviously the level is completely different before anyone says I'm comparing uh, I, I know it's it's a completely different level what I'm saying is is just it's that sort of way where you know that they're struggling to come up with the ideas to break down resolute defences and uh, that's yep. a concern for us Kenny Miller got another year uh, your thoughts? Um, at first I thought it was tied into coaching it kind of is Kind of is, but then the press conference made it out to be it was a playing contract, which I don't get. If it's tied into coaching, then I get it. If it's playing only, then beats me. I think he's spent now. Never mind next year in the SPL. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought that myself. Uh, I think he's a good pro. 
and I think they enjoy having him about the place and I think that he's a good example for the youngsters uh, in a Ray Wilkins style but I agree I, I certainly wouldn't be seeing much of a role for him um, at a higher level and, and a year older because there's been nothing in this spell since he's come back to suggest that he's any more than an occasional substitute bit part player but you know I do trust the gaffer and I do trust Sir David so we'll see what uh, we'll, we'll see what they come up with now we can't really talk about it because you know laws of subjudice and all the rest of it so I'm not going to talk about the court case but Charles Green uh, lost in a bid to have Rangers pay his legal costs for his upcoming trial Um Bit of good news, because according to the blogosphere that Rangers were going to be in the hook for this to the tune of £7 million a year. Yes, although the, the blogosphere has been wrong before. Well, um, oh, it's probably, every time... You, you don't even need to have the word before, really, yes. when it comes to, to um, the, the bloggers who write it does. What I would say is, though, it worries me to an extent, though, David, about the whole independence thing, because you know I'm not a fan, right? No. But I think, you think, can Scotland stand its own two feet? Then you think how many finance experts we've got in this country. That's mm, true. I mean, maybe it'll be fine. I mean, all these yesers and Celtic fans, they all seem to be chartered accountants. Yeah, that's true. And so maybe it'll be a strong, strong financial nation, judging by the blogosphere. Well, given that last year it turned out that we had more um, that we had more money from gambling revenue than from oil revenue, then I, I have my doubts. But uh, yes, you're correct there. Also, the continuing ongoing battle between Mike Ashley... Um, sort of rotund owner of Newcastle United and annoyance at Rangers and Dave King continues apace with both of them sort of slinging a bit of mud this week in statements um, Mike actually fat bastard can't wait for him to fuck off Abbott sums well, it up well and I'll just add for the record um, see that Mike Ashley he's a fucking hell Scott um, well you know uh, and that's all no, I'm saying about him no here right I don't like the guy but there's no way that if he'd been doing that to, to them that he wouldn't be facing some sort of censure by the law all I'll say is it seemed to fit uh, no smoke fit fire exactly I mean we start the smoke but well, yeah we let the fire but exactly. but there is smoke no one can deny the, the smoke the smoke yeah. right over there that smoke, yes, you and me stink of petrol and are currently carrying a sort of half-empty box of matches, but that's neither here nor in fact there. Okay, right, the reason we have Scott is not for his football knowledge, this has become patently clear over the last few years, this is not why Scott comes to the party. Scott comes to the party for many reasons, but the main one, ladies and gentlemen, yes, yes, it's the Sporting Integrity Award. The Sporting Integrity Award is when we look around the world of sport, oh, mainly Scottish football, let's be honest, and see who has made the biggest Stuart Reagan slash Neil Doncaster of themselves over the past week or so. Bit disappointing, Scott, this year. The Celtic AGM passed, and it, it was too much. Usually you're expecting a whole host of stuff, but this year they're too busy calling their own fans racists to make a joke about, you know, Sevco. So, bit of a disappointment I mean, really, wasn't it? Things aren't what they used to be, David. It took eight minutes for them to mention Rangers. Eight minutes? Yeah. Was it a fire alarm? Uh, it's just Did they have to clear the room? Jeez, oh, they're, they're slipping. They really are slipping. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you, you, you have to love them. But Celtic, the only, well, the only club I know who, in a calendar year, have been labelled by their own fa- by their own club, smelly racists. Yes. And I think no smoke without fire. 
as we've just established. No stench without, well, Celtic. Celtic, exactly. And just to set the scene, you know how at the start of this you always introduce uh, sporting integrity? Yeah. You look for examples of sporting integrity. Did you see, was it last week or this week, Up popped uh, Mitchell. Yeah, Roger Mitchell. Little Roger Mitchell, Roger Mitchell right? yeah. Talking about how the Scottish game has to thrive and how mistakes have been made in the past by administrators. Yeah. Now, is it just me? Yes, I know. It's, uh, he was a curious little one. I remember brilliantly. Now, younger listeners might not know this, but believe it or not, there was a time when... Um, Sky was interested in Scottish football and used to show it every week. And the sh- 1998 to 2002, and a lot of the luster was coming off Scottish football by 2002, but we still had enough in the tank, and it wasn't that far removed from the Halcyon days a few years before, that Sky came in with an offer of £48 million pounds for four years. And Roger Mitchell at the SPL knocked it back and waited for Sky's next offer, which was, aye, all right then. Uh, and they left because Scottish football is oh, what's the word I'm shite and yes. they went to be honest we only kind of have it on as background while we're waiting for you know the, the EPL to kick off so we'll just we'll buy the championship instead and uh, Scottish football then was the BBC bought it for a, what was it 9 million something like 20 £2.50 a bag of tracks yeah like. 20 quid and uh, a set of sandwiches and uh, since then we've been fucked so yeah. Although in fairness, I think you've missed the most important part, which was master stroke that was SPL TV. Yeah, this was a, a belter. These clubs were uh, going to run their own TV channel, which people were going to flock to to buy in a subscription service. It's like, oh my god, right? Yes. They, has nobody figured that Scottish football is, as I said before, shite? Um, I only watch the parts of it I have to because the club I support are in it. Yes, but certainly not for fun, you know. Oh God, no. It would be like going to the, the, the like. It would be like going to a children's, you know, like charity concert, Christmas nativity thing, when it wasn't your child who was there and you didn't have to. Now you wouldn't do that unless you were, you know, a nonce, right? Yes. Oh, speaking of nonces, right? The John Lewis advert mm-hmm. with the guy on the moon. Yeah. You have two young daughters. If one of them came to you and said, Daddy, we need to buy a telescope. Oh, this is lovely, right? What do you need a telescope for? Oh, there's an old fella across the road who looks at me and it would be a lot easier for him to see me if he had a telescope. Now, would you A, give her the money, B, phone the police, or C, phone the police? E, community justice. Yeah, well, yes. Um, uh, yeah. I'd get Natalie up to help me with that. Uh, now, 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 come on. Come on. Uh, yes, we don't sorry, know what everybody. Right. Um, There's pictures on social media of uh, a certain Labour MP out with champagne. Yes, uh, Margaret Curran. I'm right, sure that was that. unconnected yeah, to the event. Well, um, no, it's, it's an interesting one, but you know, we have to presume... I, I love this, by the way, from... Um, People who've wanted Rangers hung, drawn and quartered consistently. We have to assume that she's innocent uh, till proven guilty. So um, just any jokes that you're, you're planning, if you write them down and we'll just revisit them in six months when, everything, yes. <laughs> when everything's done and dusted uh, and we can't get in trouble. So, uh, yeah, so uh, pupied uh, Roger Mitchell is, uh, he's the kind of sport integrity we're talking about, folks. It's that level. Yeah. 
um, all over. Right. Now, do you have any funny stories? Well, David, can I ask you first, what's the name of that Real Madrid goalie again? Kaylor Navas. Is that the one that said run a bit about? That's him, yeah. Okay. David. Yes. Do you remember my old seat at I... Yes. Yes. Do you remember my old seat at Ibrox? Yes. And you would join me. I would. And there was a man who's a regular in his habits. Yes. And I don't mean the lavatory. I don't mean even when he arrived. What would he shout every single game? Like uh, the bold Kaylor, as it turned out this week, he would shout, Come on, Rangers! Run about a bit! Run about a bit. Now, I, was, I used to think this was stupid and retrograde. And, and in fact, it, it's been a running meme on this show for years, hasn't it? Run about a bit. The running about a bit. Top footballers don't believe that. Coaches don't That's not a thing in top level football. No, it's idiots at Fatbar that go, and Fatbar. Right, it's idiots, yeah. it's Scottish football that have no clue about the actual game and shout things like, get in the box and run about a bit. Until? Kaylor Navis. This week, who urged his teammates to improve by? Running about a bit. He did, he, they're, bit. All, they're all sitting like, tell him what he said. He said, we're not in a crisis yet, but we do need to get better. We need all to run about a bit. And that, that's a quote. Yes. Yep. So, guy behind me, hey, you were right all, all this time. Maybe it was Rafa Benitez. It was Rafa Benitez. Well, the thing is uh, that I'm actually heartbroken for Kenny Miller because this comes out in the week that he's just signed this new deal. I know. What he could have joined Real, yes. Real Madrid could have talked to him in January. Yeah. Well, the reason I know the guy behind me wasn't actually Rafa Benitez, though, is because the guy behind me, he didn't change his left back after 70 minutes every week. Yeah, because he was 67% fit and that's yeah. the time you've got to take him off. Got to take him off. So Rafa's going to get sacked soon, anyways. So well, well, it matters to Real Madrid now. It doesn't matter who the manager is. No, it doesn't matter. Um, there was talk after the. Uh, oh, by the way, Barcelona. And, you know, no matter what your feelings of Barcelona are, a football club or Suarez or all the rest of it. Um, right now, they're just mesmeric. I mean, I watched obviously the, the the match on Saturday and then the game against Roma. And you know we that famous Arsene Wenger thing. It's like PlayStation football. It actually is at times. Some of the it's goals are scoring yeah. is is like you know something from FIFA. Uh, just just incredible. And you know anyone can can take a tonkin. But there was a, a kind of set of thinking that basically Perez, who is almost like you know a, a kid with FIFA. He's like, you've got to play all the star players, you've got to play all the star players. And the Benitez went, right, OK, I'm going to get in trouble if I don't, so I might as well do this. And he put out the, the kind of Florentino Perez team, which was four defenders and then literally six attackers. And, of course, they got hammered. And there was a good graphic kicking about where it showed you two lines on the park and there was literally nobody in their midfield. There was a four at the edge of their box, this huge gap, and then six players. It's just, it's absolutely crazy. I think, to be honest, they jumped the shark when see they sacked Ancelotti. Oh yeah, for the sake of sacking him. It was just from then from now on, it's pointless for the managers. There's literally it doesn't matter. It's unmanageable. Perez there, there's nothing that anybody can do. Man, you should go for him, Ancelotti. Genuinely. Yeah. Genuinely. I think well this is your thing, isn't it? But Man United, I don't know. They could still win they could still win the EPL, but they're a total shapeless mess. Oh, it's terrible to watch. I mean it's a it's appalling to watch. Um, they're awful. They're just terrible. But and as you say, they're spending so much money. Yeah. I don't know how much longer they can give Van Hal a hundred million pounds a, a window. Well, he seems—he seems the problem that they've got is it's just a, a complete clash of philosophies, and they should have known this because it's not news. But he is happy to win one nothing every week, 
and he has sorted the defence. You cannot argue with that. Well, that defence does not give um, away goals. He's made Chris Smalling well, he's doing, look fantastic. No one likes him. He doesn't mind. He doesn't him. care. And the fact is, is that they probably will end up winning something. Not the European Cup. They're a hundred miles away from the European Cup. I mean, it's not even close. None of the English teams, I, I think, could live with Barca, Bayern Munich, or even Real Madrid, to be honest. And I'd actually fancy teams that yeah. would, would do better as well. I think Juventus, Atletico Madrid and PSG, yes. PSG yeah. yeah, all look considerably better. But, yeah, I mean, it could bore them the way to being the best of a very bad bunch this year. But, you know, I don't think that's enough of that club. And, yeah, Ancelotti, everywhere he's been, he just quietly gets on with it and does well. I read a good thing the other day about that. There were people saying, you know, of all the sort of big clubs... There's no actual availability. There's no managerial jobs going. Or is there? Yeah. I mean, imagine you imagine the boardrooms now. A lot of people going, hmm. Yeah, and I, I think Chelsea will be back now yeah. for a new manager on the side. I think that yeah. um, they'd need to go to some clip just to finish top four. And I think it's, they'll keep Mourinho because there's no point changing him now because it's not going to do anything. They can't win the league anyway. But if they don't make top four, then I think it would take a big effort just to do that. But you never know because there's a few teams in there that are struggling for consistency. Anyway. It, yes, anyway. We're staying with Keylor Navas. Okay, okay. Here we go. In Costa Rica, yes. 25 government agents, spooks, spies, David, call them what you Thank will. Thank God. Have been suspended pending so, criminal so charges. you're talking about Costa Rica. I said, I thought you said another word there that had an SP and a C sound in it. No, no, I'm not. Right? I was like, yes. can't say that. No, I'm not going to, don't worry, I'm not going to get us taken offline. Yeah, okay? that, that, that was, I was like, oh God, the Twitter police will be all, all over us. So in Costa Rica, 25 government agents have been suspended. Yes. And the criminal charges were using the restricted spy database, spy on national goalkeeper Kela Navas while he was at the World Cup. The bastards. Inquiry said that they'd access the database simply as fanboys. Right. Find out stuff about the movements of the team and leak it to the press. But one of the cases, one agent made multiple attempts to check out the availability and status of Navas's two sisters. <laughs> <laughs> and the government have decided there was no possible justification for the intrusion by the spies. So they basically used the database to find out a little bit more about the World Cup squad. I'm sure a lot of our listeners have gone to see Spectre recently uh, and other James Bond movies. Whereas I can guarantee you that what spies do is essentially just a better version of what call centre workers do, which is get the details of a famous person and then have a snoop about. And they're bin. Yeah, that, that's essentially what they do. Let's, let, let, let's yes. train the drone. Um, or, let's let's, let's train the drone onto the girl from the coral adverts shower. That's you'd like to, you'd like to that, wouldn't you? Oh man, those adverts. The, the adverts are terrible, but that 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 lady is a honey. What I will say is this, and I know when I'm watching it, the blonde girl, you know, folks in the, the advert, yeah, are betting. David Steinway and I know, and I share this, and this is a public forum. We shouldn't be talking about this, but there's nothing at all beats British. Oh yeah, yeah. High street honeys. Yeah, absolutely. Like, That's slightly because you look at the American ones, right? And they're all just so glam, right? And they're all just... They're, they're too perfect, right? Whereas you're really good looking, but still slightly grubby, still a kind of stench of council estate coming off them, bit of blap, can he beat it? You can't whack it with a big stick. It's no. just fantastic. Um, 
So probably could whack it with a big stick if you paid enough. I'm sure if you it's probably you know so mean? not her uh, specifically, just in case, no. you know, she, she's listening. But I'm just saying that the, these young blonde kinda, high street honeys yeah, are available. The, these young glamour ladies, especially with FHM closing now. I always yeah. fucking hated FHM even when I was younger. It, it was just the most dishonest. If you want a wank mag, buy a fucking wank mag. And all these guys going, no, I'm just buying it for the grooming product. Get the fuck, right? If you need a magazine to tell you what kind of fucking hair gel to get, you are a dick. One of which, I was thinking about this other day, David. I was thinking back to a great holiday we had in France. Do you remember? Yes. Vaguely. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, those were the days, yeah. my friend. Bits of, shall we say, yeah. And uh, David and I went to the local shop Folks, okay. And imagine our surprise with that, I mean, shock when the first thing we came across, literally, <laughs> there was a magazine called Top Model Anal. Yeah. So David said to me, my, my God, a Linda Evangelista. Yes. <laughs> Christy Turlington, Cindy Crawford. No. No. They went, they went in it, were they? No. But what I can say is that it's remarkable the amount of... See, I'll, I'll never be surprised at childbirth now, even though I've never had any children and don't plan on having any. That given the amount of stuff that these ladies could get up the back entrance, it doesn't surprise me they could get a hell of a lot more out the front one. I Let's mean, just say that. Yeah. But, but we are going to draw a veil over. Later that holiday, we saw a magazine called In the Ass of Your Sister. Yeah, yeah. And we didn't even, we didn't even check. Yeah, you're, you know, it would have been just so awkward at family parties, wouldn't it? Too awful if it had been correct. Yeah. So, Palermo Coach. <laughs> that's a nice story, David. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's one to tell the kids. Yeah, P- Palermo Coach Beppe Yakini. Okay. Asked about prison. Now I love Maurizio Zamperini because he sacked more more people than uh, got Alan Sugar, hasn't he? Yes, he, he absolutely has. He loves it. So Beppe Yankini was asked about prison. Maurizio Zamperini publicly talking about sacking him. Ha! The president he was making a joke. For me, it's jokes. He's such a funny guy. I love Mr. Zamperini. With him, it's jokes everywhere. If he wasn't happy, he'd sack me. Guess what he did the next day? Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, magnificent. Uh, so it wasn't that. that funny, really, was it? No, you have um, to love that. Friend of the pod, uh, Louis Lulu Nicoline. Oh, I love Louis Lulu Nicoline. Um, folks, get online and look at his Mohican that he did when they won the league. Just He's 72 and he's yeah. got a Mohican. And he he's is men- mental. He's mental. Montpellier, this is him. Chair, uh, right. chairman slash owner. This is him giving coach Roland Kirby's his full backing, David. Okay? Right. This is, this is his full backing, OK? I'm keeping him, however... Some of his signings are shit and total losers. <laughs> we have to be honest about this. There's an 85% chance that I will sack him next season, just not this season. <laughs> you, uh, it's, you know, I, I hate to be a cliche and just go with an old favourite, but he's, let's face it, he's, he's running away with it this week, isn't he? I, I'm actually tempted to stop there because he's won, hasn't he? Yeah, he has won, right. Time for, time for one more. Right. One more, I think, it's a slightly sadder story, but from Romania, which always cheers us up, doesn't it? It um, does. It's 29-year-old FC Brasov player, Razan Avram, set up home in the club's changing rooms. Okay. He couldn't afford a house for him or a flat or a pub, and it got smaller and smaller until they couldn't even afford a hostel place for him. So he said, I couldn't take it, I had nowhere to live, so now I sleep in the changing rooms. There's a heater, and there's a massage table I can sleep on. Maybe it's better this way. On the plus side, you wake up and go for a shower and you're at work exactly think of this, the commuting the money saving commuting well actually um, Howard Kendall did that when he was at Athletic, Athletic Bilbao when he yeah. first when he, yeah, when he first moved there he slept in his office which I dare say was a bit more luxurious than where this lad's staying but yeah he said that he's like they had beds for the players to sleep in 
So what he did was he just kept some stuff in his... Uh, rather than, you know, like hang about a hotel all the time, he just kept some stuff in his office. Uh, you know, his main clothes and that back at a hotel, but he would just keep it the the training ground. It was lovely and warm, obviously, and there was, you know, people there to cook food and stuff. So, yeah, he just stayed there, went out at night, um, and then woke up, as he said, woke up, had a shower, got in his training kit, and was it was at work. Which is in complete contrast to just down the road when Chris Coleman was at Sociedad. Yes. And uh, what did he get sacked for? He went, was going to a British 90s indie disco. <laughs> On a work night, and he'd uh, get at five in the morning. Sla- yeah, Slag Chris Coleman, he's married to that, that lady from uh, Sky Sports. Yes. And then you're not. And I'm not. He's also very, 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 very swarthy. Yeah, you can just tell that. Again, you know, when we talked about the ladies from Bottoms before, you can just tell that his shaft is going to look like someone has basically swept up an entire barber shop floor after a day and just rubbed it uh, yep. around about a pole. He obviously, like, shaves in the morning and 15 minutes later... Yeah, he, he has that going him. on. But, uh, well, he's going to the Euros. Um, I think yeah. everybody is except Gordon Strachan. To be honest, the only countries that didn't qualify were Scotland, Kyrgyzstan... And then Dora, I think. Yeah, I think so. Make it, yeah. Um, uh, I don't, I don't think. But you know, uh, what's like is exactly well, Kyrgyzstan and Andorra. As it turns out. Okay, well, the um, winner of this week's Sporting Integrity Award is Louis Nikolai Lulu. Right, that's pretty much it from us this week. All that remains for me to do is to tell you guys so you can get in touch with us. It's been a wee while, so please uh, follow us on the Twitter. It's uh, at ha- uh, sorry, it's not. It's at Ibrox Rocks. Hard to hand is the account, but it's at Ibrox Rocks. And you can also follow Scott on uh, at, at Scott Hart Hand. You can email us. It's uh, ibroxrocks at playbackmedia.co.uk, or you can come and talk to us on Facebook. We just search for Hart Hand Rangers Podcast on Facebook. All I then need to do is to thank our executive producers in London, Mr Mike Lee and Mr Paul Miles, to thank our sound engineer, Mr Charlie Ashworth, and of course, to thank the man, the myth, the legend, he's back, it's been great having him, Mr Scott Vandenacker. It's great to be back, I mean, bit of tactics, bit of Romania, bit of hardcore pornography, just... Yeah, that, that yep. is, it's like the old days. It's a classic, you know. It's, it it's a greatest hits tour, but it's what the, the punters pay their money for. My name's David Edgar. I'll talk to you again this time next week. Cheers. Bye. This show is brought to you in association with Labbooks. Just click the link on the description to the show, sign up and get a free bet up to £50 when you enter the promo code LAD50. Go on, do it. This is a Playback Media production served to you in association with Why Not Think People. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.